God, you're still here and I thank you. Welcome to another episode of It's a Real Struggle Podcast. I'm your girl, Janie Boom, and I'm feeling good today. How are you? Hope you're doing good. We are back, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to my last episode, we talked about mixed race because I am of a mixed breed. <laughs> hey, Santa. Well, I am an Afro-Latina, a.k.a. Black and Puerto Rican. However you want to put it, it is what it is. Um, I talked a lot on that episode about my life, my struggles of just self-identity, loving myself, how I deal with dating, etc. So definitely go check it out. My podcasts are available on YouTube. Um, on It's a Real Struggle podcast YouTube page, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Not getting much love on Spreaker, but you know what? We're getting close to episode five, so I'm going to have to upgrade and be available soon on Google Podcasts and Spotify and soon Apple iTunes. So I'll keep you posted. And every Thursday, I will provide you an episode, a new one for your listening pleasure. And I hope you enjoy. Um, but as always, follow me, subscribe, like, share. I'm on Instagram at, at It's a Real Struggle Podcast, on Twitter at Real Struggle Pod. And I also have my own Instagram. You can hit me up on there, give me a DM at MISS Jenny Boom. So we'll get into random thoughts because I have a few of them. So I might as well get started early. <laughs> um, just a lot has happened this week, and I just want to make sure that I cover all my bases because I do have some random thoughts. I'm just random. But the first one, this came around me, um, my special brain, um, I think earlier this week, and I work with a lot of people that are a lot older than I am, a lot older than 31, so you already know where I'm going. And they tend to just say, you know, I'm of old age, girl, I'm old. You're young, you got time, I'm old, I'm old, my old. And it always baffled me, like, hey, you don't have to always act your age all the time. You can be what you want to be. If you want to still mentally feel young and feel vibrant, you can. And for me, I'm, I'm still 23 mentally. That was like the best year, one of my best years of my 20s where I really just enjoyed being a 20-something-year-old. And during that year, I moved to Boston on my own, was doing my thing. So it was just right. I really enjoyed it. So I'm just, just you can ask, say, what age was your golden year, I would say, or years? And most people will say in their 20s, you know, because that was a time where you were mostly free, but we're still trying to figure out life. So it's just a hit or miss depending on the situation, right? But for me, it's just adulting sucks and it's not fun. <laughs> it's too much responsibility, you know, and it's okay. I'm not saying just to act, don't act your age all the time. You still want to make sure you want to act your age and become a, an adult, air quotes, when you have to get the bills paid, get that money and handle your responsibilities in order to survive. Because not everybody want to be living in the streets or jumping from couch to couch, that kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and just celebrate being on this earth. Just being happy with yourself. And I think that's a lot that goes with self-care. I mean, self-care, they say, of course, get counseling and make sure you eat right. And make sure you talk about your feelings. Make sure you're transparent, things like that. But sometimes we don't really take the time to just enjoy being here and existing and celebrating that in this physical form that our spirit beings are guiding us to something great. So just enjoy it, right? Adult when you need to handle business and mentally be the age that was your best year of your life from then till now. Um, so mentally, I will always be 23 years old. I don't care what anybody say. I'm still young and feel youthful. <laughs> As I grow older, but um, by age, okay. Anyway, my next top five, which is hilarious to me, um, 
I know everyone can be addicted to social media in their own way, whether it's for comedy, for likes, for inspiration, for hooking up, sliding the DMs, whatever. Now, mind you, Instagram, I've had since 2013. And back then it was just photos. And now you could do videos, you have Insta Story, you have all kinds of things. And now also IGTV. And I could honestly say that there is, there are times where I have been on Instagram for hours laughing. My biggest remedy is comedy, especially when I'm going through things, especially when I'm stressed out and I just feel like there's no end to this, there's no point. I go right to my Instagram page, you know, if I don't watch anything funny on TV or put on like a cartoon or something like that, anything that could lift my spirits, I go on Instagram and there's a couple of pages that I jump to instantly because I know whether they put up new videos or just older content I could look back, even though I probably saw like 15,000 times. I could go back to those contests and I'm like, oh my God, they're so stupid. This is so funny. And just be cracking up, falling over the bed, falling over the floor, doing all kind of crazy stuff. The weirdest laughs would come out. I mean, you name it. So <laughs> I have my top five most funny Instagram pages that I like to go to. Pretty much all of them, I will say, are comedians. If not, they're just creative in their own way. Unfortunately, they're all men, the top five. I mean, I have more favorites I have to that I like to look at, but they're, they didn't make the top five because these men, I can tell you, the more if they continue their great work, they're going places. And some of them are actually getting to that point. They have a lot of followers because it's just funny. It's always good to have someone that's just like, stupid funny so we'll start at number five major hype oh <laughs> uh, it's at major hype this man is hilarious he is from trinidad i started following him back when he used to do the um impersonations of different caribbean accents and if you grew up south florida especially growing up in palm beach there is a lot of caribbean people here a lot of people don't think that but when i grew up was growing up a lot of my friends were from the islands whether they were Haitian Jamaican Trini Guyana whatever you know they were from somewhere below the state of Florida (laughs) um and he started with the impersonations doing the Creole like the Haitian man doing the Jamaican man doing the um Guyanese man doing the Trini man like or you do the woman and stuff and um it's always Mitzi Mitzi is always (laughs) Missy's always doing something reckless. She's Jamaican. And he always has these weird looking wigs. And when they talk. <laughs> oh, what was that? I can't. I go watch his videos. And now he has one one character that me and a friend of mine love so much. Her name is, her name is What's Her Name. What's Her Name. And she's from Brooklyn. She's from the projects in Brooklyn. <laughs> she goes, are you dumb? Are you dumb? (laughs) That kind of stuff. It's just hilarious. So anyway, he's on number five. Okay, number four. (laughs) Number four is Mr. Commodore. And let me tell you, I I don't remember when I stumbled across him. Um, He's at Mr. Commodore. But this man is hilarious. He's from New York. And one of his characters is fresh out. So Fresh Out is known as this guy that always go to jail. He's always visiting, never staying, always visiting, right? So he does the Fresh Out, ain't nothing to go back. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to try not to laugh too much, but his videos are hilarious. He'd be on there with his girl. Um, Sometimes they'll have their family on there too, and they'll just be going at it. Or they'll do certain skits or whatever. It's hilarious. They're both funny as ever. Um, <laughs> and he's always getting played in some way. I remember some of them that he did recently was when you get a new job and the projects are hating on you or whatever. And dude threw an egg at his behind his head. <laughs> Yo, whack. Da, da, da. Okay, I can't really explain it with laughing, but he's funny. Check him out. Um, number three is at TC underscore I'll kill ya. This man is from Texas. He's from Houston, Texas. 
so funny. He would, he's been doing lately the back then versus now. So like 20 years ago versus like now. And oh my God, he's just, he's funny as ever. He does the silliest things. I think I stumbled across him when he was doing, um, um, Jackie, like Auntie Jackie. She was messy and she's like, Jackie, don't you start that messy shit. (laughs) And he'll do all kind of black mama character and all that. And it's just so funny. And he'll do the sugar with the um sugar unk, sugar unk, you know, and the old man to be checking out the young girls kind of thing. He is so funny. I would sit there and just watch his videos. And I was just like, oh my God, he is a mess. And my friends will send me clips. And if and even if I seen it already, I will watch it again and again and be laughing. And I tell you, at work, I have to hold my laugh sometimes because he just does the silliest things. Um, so definitely check him out. And number two is at Eye Complexity. This is the man that did the uh, green beans, potato, that one where he did the whole skit and all of that. You, The visuals will have you cracking up. And he tends to take like certain songs and do certain visuals or whatever. Hilarious. And that's who um, Reverend Shirley sees it was that, oh, you know, she wanted to come after him for that because that blew up. And I don't think it, it really went anywhere because we were still able to do it and people were still using it. Every Thanksgiving, you're going to hear it. Um, Reverend Sir Shirley Caesar. So just deal with it. You're famous now. Again. <laughs> and he's had some funny ones that he's made. And you just got to look at the visuals. They'll make you laugh because he takes clips from different other videos, funny videos that will be on Instagram. And <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Oh my God. So when I'm having a bad day, he's definitely on the top five where I'll go to. And my last and final one is at Rito Brown. He is from Boston. He He's out in LA now. He's a comedian. He does comedy. He does stand up. And oh my God, I swear. I came across his page back in like 2014, 2015, I would say. Yeah, I think 2000. Sorry, I'll take it back. 2015. And I was living in Boston, and I think it was just a Sunday. Like, I would take advantage of my Sunday, especially when I graduated from college, to sleep in and literally do nothing. I would get up on Sunday, make breakfast, make a good breakfast if somebody was there with me, wink, wink. I'll give them something to eat, too, whatever, and they usually will leave afterwards. All right, bye, have a good day, and leave me alone. And I would do me, and I would just be in the bed, and I'd be on the phone. And on Instagram, and I came across um, Rito Brown's page. Oh my God, I swear, three hours nonstop laughter, just laughing because his content was hilarious. And I'll just keep laughing and laughing. He would just do the silliest skits. I think one of my favorite skits is when he's, um, he has the Big Sean, Big um, Sean song in the background, um, the I Don't Fuck With You song. And. <laughs> He's heating up a plate of pizza rolls. Now, you can't eat the pizza rolls instant, immediately once you get them out of the microwave. Because <laughs> they'll burn your tongue. <laughs> so, he's like got the, the, the pizza rolls cooking in the microwave. He opens the microwave, right? <laughs> and he opens takes the plate out of the plate hot. Then he takes one and put his mouth and he does that kind of thing with his mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he had a clip of the fire and um, the ambulance going across. <laughs> okay. I just watched his video earlier today before talking. <laughs> He's had several videos where I would watch and it was just and it's just hilarious. Then we went to the West Coast. Um he just became even funnier. He does stand up, so he does put up some of the clips from his stand up. I haven't been to one yet, but when I get a chance to, I'm definitely going. <laughs> He's just funny. Like, he'll just say random stuff, and it's like, wait a minute, what did he just say? And all you can do is laugh. So, <laughs> shout out to you, Rito. Thank you for keeping me entertained because he is funny. Anyway, all right, so that's my top five of most funny Instagram pages. Let me know. Which ones that y'all like to look at? 
um, that keeps you entertained. I mean, Instagram doesn't always have to be about likes and, you know, all the best picture and filters and things like that. You could literally go on there. If you're following the people that really make you laugh and that really can bring you joy, it can be a true stress reliever. When I'm at work and I'm stressed and I don't want to deal and I need a minute to just zone out, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, on Instagram, looking at these dudes' pages, especially when they post new videos, sending it to my friends, whole bunch of laughing emojis. I go in and they just, you know, <laughs> start a whole thing. Um, but moving on, my last random thought and ooh, child. Ooh. I have a question. This is from a friend, you know, I'm asking for a friend. Is it okay to smash the homies? I mean, is that cool? Is that even allowed or accepted in our society right now? Because this is <laughs> this is something that came up. Um, I watched Monique Slaughter from Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, who's who also happens to be Little Fizz's baby mama from B2K, and she had her whole interview on. Hollywood Unlock and the whole backstory of that interview was a two-part series just that her and Jason was beefing at the time or what happened Jason Lee shout out to him and they never really had a real conversation about what their situation was well they wanted to get their beef to a close and really you know reconcile this as adults and she decided to tell her story on Hollywood Unlock I advise that if you are into this stuff that I'm about to talk about or just need an answer to my question or understand why I'm asking, is it okay to smash the homies? Watch her interview on Hollywood Unlock, part one and part two. Then watch April's clip, April Jones, sorry. April Jones is Amarion, who's the lead singer from B2K, Baby Mama, who has two kids with him. Watch her little clip on The Shade Room. Um, she will be on the next season of Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, but she's not going to be on that season with Lil Fizz. I mean, not with, sorry. She is going to be on the season with Lil Fizz, but not with Omarion. And she was debuted on Love and Hip Hop Hollywood with Omarion and the whole spill with his mama not liking her and having the babies. Like she had the whole natural birth which inspired me I want a natural birth at home if possible um <laughs> and oh, I just need to know is it okay to smash the homies because right now she's all booed up with Lil Fizz as much as they're saying they're not together it's a pretty much old saying as much as you try to pretend you're not together deep down you actually are together if you're constantly in denial and trying to cover stuff up you are together. Y'all have smashed a couple times. And knowing that little Fizz, well, Fizz, we'll say Fizz. We're not going to say little Fizz. We'll say Fizz because he grown now. And April Jones have been showing a lot of that lately, being around. And, and there were a lot of beasts before Monice had her interview on Hollywood Unlock. There were a lot of beasts with her and April Jones about the whole situation and she thought oh she's mad because you're I'm with your baby father we're friends this and that you're crazy or whatever and Moni's got a couple screws missing but she keeps it real and I give her mad respect but to know that someone that was auntie April to your son is now stepmommy April to your son oh mess with mess with you a little bit if not a lot of bit and Amarion just disappeared out of April's life. Then all of a sudden, she's hanging around Fizz. And this was around the time where the Millennial Reunion Tour was happening. And a lot of people were like, damn, the tour going to get canceled. You know, they're not going to perform and stuff like that. Because their shows were sold out everywhere. Um, I know someone that went to the one in Miami. And they said, yo, it was turned up. It was so many people there with the old school gear on can't believe they held it on for that long i mean they were expensive i i didn't have my pastry shoes so you know i i didn't go um really the honest truth I, my money was tight couldn't go oh well but <laughs> but you know so this whole beef started with um with april jones and and, and moniz because fizz was in the picture hanging out with her this and that and the third and moniz made it clear on her interview on hollywood unlocked that she is living with 
April Jones is living with little, with Fizz. They're living together. They're together in the house. Living. They just got a new house together. And living as one big happy family. Okay. Now on April Jones interview was a clip of it. On the shade room was pretty much, you know. Um. <sighs> I don't say she was like basically saying, um, trying to catch my breath here. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Let me slow down. Whoop, 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 whoop. Okay, slowing down. She said on her clip talking about how they both kind of got became close. Her and Fizz became close after dealing with some situations with their past lovers, and that helped build their um, connection and they're really good friends and she's had plenty of guys that she's been real close friends to and they'll fall in love with so she's not really trying to jump in anything serious until they really work their problems right separately but they're together hmm. big question mark right then she goes but that does that oppose me from me sleeping from me from sleeping with him um, no, I feel like he's deserving of the cat. He's this and that of the cat or whatever. And she deserves a day. She's been waiting a long time. She needs this, this and that. So, so listening to that clip, I was like, okay, she, all that other stuff she said was just a waste. Say that for the, for, for people that really want to hear all that with the violin. Just be honest. Yes, we're messing around. I put this on the comment on, on the shade room. I said, you know, just say straight up. Yes, we're having sex. But we're taking our time. However, this is a big mess because Marion is not saying anything about this, which I think silence is the best way to handle this. Okay. Keep that stuff private. Lawyer up. That's how you do it. Take it to court. Okay. If she wanted to mess around with your friends and your friends' friends and your cousins or whatever, okay. Let her do her. Right. But then the respect level is just not going to be there anymore. But at the same time, he's not talking to you, so it doesn't matter anymore, right? Okay. But my concern is just the kids. I'm worried about the kids. You know, I feel like already they're creating a storyline for Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. And Mona Scott Young is going to run to the bank laughing hard with this big old check she's going to get from this season. Because this season is going to be messy, especially knowing that Fizz and April Jones is on that season. I'm not sure if Monice is going to be on there, but... I didn't see the picture, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. Um, but I don't know if that's cool. My And my opinion with this whole thing is that the kids, the kids are involved with it. Monique's mentioned in her interview, the kids with her son acting the way he was acting. I don't think that's cool. You know, you can be messy. You could go do what you want to do, but just keep your kids out of the mix and it's Omarion Kiss that's going to be involved in this. And Moni's, I mean Fizz's son and Moni's son um, are going to be involved with this situation. The kids, protect the children, okay? Because they don't need to be involved with the mess. And I'm not saying all parents are perfect. You're going to have drama. You're going to have troubles. But you want to go smash the homies, do you? Me personally, I'm not a fan of that. I stay away from that. Um, if I know that you mess with, slept with, or whatever person that I know of, I'd rather talk with them if we have some kind of connection. Because you can't help who you love, but at the same time, just have some decency or some consideration to talk to someone and make sure that's cool. I mean, because I had this happen to me, you know. Someone had smashed, you know, the homie. But it's, it's just... We'll get into that in another episode, okay? We won't talk about that now. It's, it could get real deep. But people are grown. They're adults. They can do what they want to do. And Monice made it clear. They're adults. They can do what they want to do. She's not worried about that. What she's concerned about is her son. All she cares about is how it's affecting her son. And her son is all up in the Kool-Aid. And maybe drinking it. Okay? Y'all let me know what y'all think. Is it okay to smash the homies? Because... I will be tuning into Love and Hip Hop this season for Ho- Love and Hip Hop Hollywood because I want to see this mess unfold, this whole storyline they got put together, which have already has been happening on social media. So we'll probably just get back of what was going on then till now. But let me know what you think. And another advice, but April Jones, get off social media, girl. 
she be posting all these videos, these lives. The last one, she talking about how the game and all these people want her, her nani and this and that. And I don't know if she was drunk or high or both. I don't know. But, you know, we do silly things. I'm not knocking that. But just keep your stuff under wraps, baby girl. Your, ba your baby father's doing it. You know, we don't know what's going on with Marianne. I would love to hear her side. But it feels like that's never going to happen. So we're just going to leave it at that, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm shutting it down now, okay? I'm shutting that random thought down. <laughs> I was asking for a friend, y'all. Asking for a friend. Is it okay to smash the homies? Please let me know. DM me on my um, Instagram page or on Twitter. Please just let me know. Because this is a serious, serious matter. And acquiring minds would like to know. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness we gotta get into in my journal because this episode today is all about being self-made and I want to really dive into that because I'm gonna go deep this is just pretty much more of my life and inspiration for others because I know there are people out there that have gone through things in their life where they had to do it alone and they had the support of others me 95% of the time it was on my own and I had to really make moves, really quick moves in order for things to work out the way they have up to where I am today. So self-made, I'll give a good definition of that. What Google Dictionary defines self-made is an adjective and it's made by oneself. Um, so his self-made fortune also is having be become successful or rich by one's own efforts i.e a self-made millionaire um let's see what Marinian and webster says which is made by made such by one owns actions and having achieved success or prominence by one's own efforts so a self-made man a self-made woman self-made invention invention some self-made right my definition of self-made is pretty much close to what that is but we haven't reached the success yet that is in the cards for my future I'm claiming it um but <laughs> oh goodness but my definition of self-made is just really getting through life majority of it on your own and not having the full support of family and the resources available that you pretty much go search for those resources or create your own resources in order to become who you are or be where you want to be in your life whether it's career love you know travel you name it um and for me it's a very serious thing for me because i had to learn quick i had to grow up fast um it wasn't by choice and i had to make sure that Whatever I do works out in the benefit of my future. So whether it was deciding to go to college or deciding to move to another location or move into an apartment or taking on a job or a career, I had to make sure that it benefited me. Majority was good benefits as opposed to, you know, there may be some setbacks. And what would I have to choose to keep or let go in order to achieve that goal that I have set for myself? So a little background on where self-made started for Miss Jenny Boom is I was a latchkey kid. Um, when we were, I would say up to the age six before my grandmother passed away on my father's side, we were taken care of very well by my grandparents. And, um, you know, we, they would take care of us while our parents worked and did what they had to do to take care of us on the other end. So my parents did get a lot of help from my father's parents because they just wanted to make sure that we were good so I started my early years of education um, here in Revere Beach at mostly at my grandparents house um, there were times that we actually lived there um, and then we had our own place so there were times where I never left the grandparents house and there were times where we did leave after the end, the end of the day and we went back the next day etc um, and there were times where we were there during the week and on the weekends we were at the house so from memory I know there was a lot of moving around so as I grew older and after my grandmother passed away we weren't really at my grandparents house as much anymore 
and my grandfather moved on he got himself a new girlfriend and just was doing his things but I guess he just wasn't up for raising us like he did with my grandmother being there because she did pretty much mostly all the work so I would say around like age seven is when I started to become a latchkey kid and pretty much going to school coming home whether my parents were already home or they had to work we had a key to the house that's where it started to unfold was I was having the key to the house and able to come and go on my own I didn't really understand what that meant. I was just like, okay, I got a key to the house. And I knew I didn't, couldn't lose that key or I'll get in trouble. So that, that whole thing. It didn't really affect me up until I hit my adolescent years where, you know, I pretty much was really doing things on my own. And both of my parents were working. And we didn't have a lot of money. They were pretty much working to take care of the bills the best way they knew how. And... Um, I remember wanting certain things, like especially wanting a computer. I didn't get my first computer until I was like 13, and it was an old computer from my aunt. I love that computer, though. Um, my brother put a virus on it, but <laughs> we won't go there. But they couldn't purchase a computer for me, could not get me a new computer. you know. So that's when things started to hit, like, well, why can't they do that? And they would say, we ain't got the money. We don't have the money to pay for that. We can't afford that right now. You're not going to get that right now. So, you know, just had to jump into the game and end up with my own computer at 15. But once I was doing things on my own, which was, say, like early teens, I also had to become responsible for my siblings. So when my parents both had to work, like especially on the weekends, I had to feed them. I had to cook. I had to learn how to cook like basic stuff, which shout out to my dad. He was a great chef. Um, he taught me a couple things to help feed them. And I would make like eggs and things like that. Just eggs, Chef D, noodles, mac and cheese to feed my siblings when we were on our own while our parents worked. But, you know, mommy come home, she'll cook or whatever. I didn't have to do it anymore. But it was a lot of responsibility because I had to watch out for them. Make sure they didn't mess up the house. Make sure they didn't fight each other. You know, make sure they didn't be up on me, which they didn't. <laughs> my brother was always testing me. Make sure nobody left the house. And around that time, my youngest sister was just born. Um, so I started watching her when she was like, I would say five. When I started have to watch her at the house. So after a while, I just really wanted my own space and just to be to myself because I constantly had to hold that responsibility of watching my siblings, whether it was at home or we were outside playing, like I, did, I was, became very protective of them. But also I had to learn a lot on my own. There were some things I would ask my parents and they sometimes didn't have the answer for me. My father was always like, read, research, you got a computer now, look it up, look it up. And I would just start looking for stuff on my own and just to understand why the answers to my question just get the answers to my question right and that was it was tough because I still I would say I still enjoyed my childhood but that pretty much was limited once I became a teenager I couldn't really enjoy my teenage years and actually have fun the way I was hoping to have like my friends were that didn't have to work didn't have to do anything so that was starting. And at 16, I filed my first tax return. I had a job at 15. I was working at Winn-Dixie, which is a grocery store here in Florida. And I think they have some in Georgia as well. They pretty much are going out of business. Not many stores left. But, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> um, So I had to start working and I couldn't enjoy my teenage years. And so I didn't, I would work maybe 10, 15, not even 15 hours a week sometimes. But working at a store, ringing up groceries, being in that atmosphere of having a manager and following certain things. Like I appreciate it because it helped me understand what it's like to work, to be on the clock and to be, you know, handling things you're supposed to handle. Right. But I had so many occupations as a teenager. <laughs> Once I left when Dixie, I think I quit or I got spit. I think I quit. Yeah, I remember um yeah I quit I think I quit 
I quit when Dixie. I think I got in trouble with something or whatever. I just didn't like it anymore. And at the time, my second boyfriend was working at Win Dixie. He, oh my God, he was such a hoe. He was a hoe. Oh my God. But good memories of me working at Win Dixie was my grandfather would come every Saturday. He'd get his lotto tickets, his scratch offs, and his green seedless grapes. And I would get to see my grandpa every weekend as I'm ringing up because I'm like, hey, granddaddy, how you doing? And give him a hug. And how are you? I'm going good. And, you know, the usual pass by. Um, but I had so many occupations as a teenager. And that's because I entered the world of retail. Oh, my God. I hated it. It sucked. It was just like, oh, my God, why am I dealing with this? The first retail job I had was at Forever 21. Now, mind you, I talked about that a couple episodes ago about how much I love Fashion Nova. And <laughs> I used to shop a lot at Forever 21. Well, at the age of 16, I was able to fit in, fashion, in Forever 21 clothes. Um, now, it's a struggle. Only certain pieces of clothing I could wear, you know. We'll just go back to the episode. I talk all about it. Um, I think that's episode for um, infidelity. Yes. But, you know, I worked at that store and I remember times where we left that store at 11 o'clock at night. And at the time I had my third boyfriend at the time, don't judge me. And he would, he lived out, it, my job was in Wellington, so he lived out in the acreage and he would come pick me up, which is west of West Palm Beach. And he would come pick me up and take me home, whatever, or I'll go to his house and mess around and he'll drop me off at home or I'll stay the night somewhere I know his mom knew that was there. I know she did. Oh, my goodness. But <laughs> he would pick me up. Those times I left so late at night. Sometimes my mom would pick me up. But I would hate to get those night shifts because I didn't have a car. And I would have to catch the bus. And the buses in Palm Beach, they ended like around 10 o'clock at night. So if you're getting out so late, I don't have money for a cab and all that. And didn't feel comfortable getting a cab. We didn't have Uber. We didn't have Lyft at that time. Um, so I only liked it the earlier shifts, you know, during the day or midday or I leave at nine so I could get home one time. But I really only worked the weekends for that job. Um, I worked there for like maybe six months, I think. Got some cute clothes or whatever, but I ended up quitting because she was trying to suspend me. And I was like, you know what? I quit and I left and I never came back. And then I ended up working for Charlotte Ruth, Charlotte Ruth right down um, the way, like maybe a couple stores down for Forever 21. Still the same foolishness, but um, it was closer to home. And then I, yeah, I ended up transferring going closer to, to the home because I didn't live out in Wellington. But it was suitable for that moment. And then I worked at CVS. I got fired from CVS because I was using my phone number <laughs> when they had the CVS rewards. <laughs> I would just type if they said no, I didn't have one, I didn't have one. I would just type in my phone number that I had under and I would get $42 in um extra bucks. <laughs> and I didn't realize that what I was doing was stealing and they fired me. But one thing I could say working at CBS, white people love smoking marble lights. Like that, no offense to anyone that is white, but I mean that's something I discovered as a teenager. Like they love cigarettes. Ugh. I mean, my parents smoked cigarettes and I didn't like c cigarettes at all, but they love cigarettes. But anyway, let me move on. <laughs> but just being self-made, like I was learning how to work, how to hold down a job. Um, I didn't really save my money as much. I spent my money because no one really taught me how to save. No one really showed me the value of just take, you know, a percentage of your check and put it away. Don't spend it. Just save your money. I just didn't know and as I approached college then came the word credit I was 18 years old when I got my first credit card it was Capital One I still have Capital One um had a, several disputes <laughs> throughout my 20s but um I wasn't really taught credit so I got this credit card I remember it was a credit line of $300 and I was using it as if I was as if it was my own cash and I didn't pay it so I had my first collection and just the setback of that was just, you know, I couldn't really do anything um, and not realizing that I was hurting myself more than helping myself by having something like this. Knowing at that time I got that credit card, I didn't have a job. So thank God it didn't give me like a $10,000 limit because I remember going to college and all the credit card 
all the banks was there was trying to get you to sign up for credit cards and things like that. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. But back then they were heavy on us and a lot of kids got into debt with credit cards just because they used that for survival. Pay the minimum and kept using it. So that really caused some setbacks for me. When I started college at Barry University down in Miami, my mom couldn't um, get a loan for me, the Student PLUS loan, parent loan, um, because her credit was bad. So I ended up getting more unsubs unsubsidized um, grants, and I mean loans, um, to be able to go to school, but I still needed to pay for my room and board. And unfortunately, my parents had to pay for that out of pocket the first few, first year. And... Um, you know, it, it set them back. That was like an extra $200 a month they had to come up with. And with their salaries, they weren't making no more than forty grand a year collectively. So how are they going to be able to afford? Still got three kids to take care of, $200 a month. So eventually, when I stopped going to Bear University, that debt fell on me. I think it was like $2,000 left over that needed to be paid for that first year of, my, of college. And I had to pay for that out of pocket. And that was something that I couldn't pay until I actually had the money through the tax return or what have you to be able to pay that and retrieve my transcript so I can transfer to another school. So what I do, I was like, oh, I'm still going to college. And I ended up moving back to Palm Beach and I fell in love. I think it was 19. Yep. And I fell in love and I decided I must still go to college. So I decided to enroll to Palm Beach State College. At the time, it was Palm Beach Community College. Um, and I enrolled as if it was my first year. And of course, I got grant money and got a refund check. Took that money and spent it on me and my my, my first love, my boyfriend, and <laughs> which I already had three boyfriends already. This was number four, <laughs> you know, after they weren't all at once. Just, you know, they were breakups. But um, so we spent that money and used it on our own benefit and went to class for about a year. And then, boom, the school notified me that I need to pay back that money because I already taken those courses and already received those award rewards. Um, so I need to get that money back. OK, so I had to pay out, I think, about three thousand dollars I had to pay back. Um, so for the next three years of my life, I couldn't go to college because I had to pay off that debt. So that was where I had to really grow up and be an adult was at age 20. I had to really be an adult and had to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Um, at that time, I was in a relationship and I don't think it was perfect timing for me, but it was also a lesson, an experience. We're not going to call it lesson, we'll call it experience that helped me understand why some people choose to be with who they with most of the time it could be for survival and me and my ex at the time um we were together and first was living at my parents house and you know it was a lot of situations with that and I didn't want to lose him and this and that and the third so we ended up moving up on our, moving out on our own and splitting the bills and I started working full-time at the bank so that way I can help pay rent um so we did that and um, it was a struggle because trying to love someone but also trying to survive at the same time trying to make sure your stuff is good. I really just focused more on him and make sure he was good and I did pay off my debt. I was paying it every month, 300 a month to help pay it off. And when I finally got to pay it off, I was happy because I was able to retrieve my transcripts from Palm Beach State College. But remember... I still had to get my transcripts from Bear University. That's another two grand that I did not have. So once that relationship dissolved, um, I really had to figure out what I was going to do because I really wanted to get my bachelor's degree. Three years in, I have friends that, were, that have already graduated or getting close to graduating. I'm like, I'm supposed to graduate in 2010. What is going on? So once I broke up with my ex, um, I decided to move to Boston. Now, mind you, <laughs> the biggest thing was leaving Florida for the first time, not like as a trip, but just leaving and moving and living somewhere else. And they always say, make sure you have enough money saved up. Make sure you have all your ducks in a row. Well, I did have my ducks in a row when it came to a new job because I was working at Bank of America. I got, I was offered a promotion 
And I had my aunt that lived up there, so I was able to move into her place, live on her sofa, and get myself acclimated, acclimated for in a new place. <sighs> but the money. I went up to Boston with $140 to my name. I brought a plane ticket and jumped on that plane, gave away my car, and I was gone. That's how serious I was about leaving Florida and just starting fresh. That was my first time ever starting fresh in life. And it was liberating, but at the same time, scary as fuck. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. And of course, you have everyone telling you things in your ear. Well, this and that. Are you going to be okay? You don't know no one. It's too cold. This and that. But don't listen to that. Please don't listen to that. That will set you back. And I'm being serious. I just went ahead and went for it, living up in Boston at my aunt's house in the living room on an air bed. That was my biggest motivator. I knew I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to get my own place and just really have my own space, you know, because I've been hopping from place to place since I broke up with my ex and didn't have my own place to stay. So when I moved to Boston, um, I was on my own. When I had that job, I had to make sure I get to that job on time every day I had to make sure I knew where I was going so the first week I was in Boston I met with my ex-boyfriend's cousin because she was up there with her boyfriend and that whole week we explored the city I took it upon myself to learn Boston in and out learn where I work how to get there how to get home what other routes do I have what surrounding areas are that I can go to um, what are the neighborhoods and just really explore that city and it helped me grow to love it because it was so Boston is very small but it can be very big if that makes sense <laughs> um, so I was just there networking um, I networked with my uncle introduced me to a good 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 friend of mine my sister my bestie Christina um, shout out to you girl and we got to know each other and she introduced me to a whole bunch of people, pretty much welcomed me to her family. So I have a whole family up there, you know, um, and I love them dearly. <laughs> and um, also I made sure I connected with people that I met at work and people that were like, maybe they were customers or whatever. And oh yeah, I just moved here. You know, just have that small conversation. One led to the next, and I have a whole circle of friends. They all are very educated. They've been, they went to MIT, they went to Harvard, they went to all the great schools in Boston, and just were from different parts of the world. And I knew I wanted to start school, so I made sure I took care of my debts and was able to go back to UMass, go to school at UMass Boston, and I graduated. Um, but the struggle was just still trying to figure out my life and where I stand. I didn't know where I really stood in my life and what my purpose was. So I had to figure out, okay, what is it that you want, Jen? And what are you trying to accomplish? And make sure you do that. So just becoming a graduate um, for the first time, graduating from college, around that time I, I was offered an opportunity before I graduated to work at Zaffer Investments and that's with Blue Cross Blue Shield Massachusetts and that was my first corporate job okay that helped me understand the corporate world what it's like what to expect you know the ups and downs but also how to navigate it and make it work to my benefit the guidance that I received were from the people that I called friends people that I work with strangers um, not too much from family. I mean, I would call and say, hey, you know, what do I do about this, this, and that? But they will only share with what they know. So my network, my network and my support system was people that I met. I had no bloodline relation, um, friends that I may have known for a while that are in the same boat and that are aligned with what I'm doing. And it felt good. But being a first generation graduate, <sighs> Being first at everything is not fun. And I will have an episode about that. We'll get in deeper detail about that. But, you know, I graduated from undergrad with my bachelor's and I wanted to do more. So, of course, I wanted to get my master's degree. So I decided to move to Miami. And this was done with my savings account, my 401k, 
<laughs> so I had a good amount of money and realized I still didn't have enough money to be able to do this the right way um, because I didn't have any other resources. The resources were what I've earned thus far. And I wouldn't recommend taking your 401k out to pay for your education unless you have a good substantial balance for it. Because uh, I took it all out and that helped me start grad school. But living in Miami, I was closer to home, but still felt so far away because I had to do everything on my own. Again, the resources weren't there. There was a time in Miami I almost became homeless and I had to call my friends to ask for $200 here or there to help pay the rent because I was unemployed for a while. Living in this apartment, became behind on rent and had to pay a car note, had to pay car insurance. My car insurance get canceled. I had to get new car insurance. Like that's $400 every time it get canceled because they wanted a high down payment because I lived in Miami and the most accidents were there. It's just, it was hard. And I already had a little bit of debt from Boston, which were just credit cards. And I stopped paying them because I couldn't afford the minimum payment. I was living on ramen noodles, y'all. And that was a lot. That took a toll on me. I fell into depression because I just didn't know how to handle this. And I could take out loans, but it's like, how are you going to pay it back? You only make a certain amount of money every month. And this was when I had the pay cut. They cut my salary in half. And I'm just like, I can't do this. This sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Why am I struggling? I'm tired of struggling. I want to be, you know, prosperous with my wealth. Like, what the hell? Um, so the low paying jobs didn't really help with my debt. They pretty much set me back even more. So when I got my last opportunity in Miami, they paid me a little money. I was playing catch up. And so I didn't have a chance to really save money up into what I wanted to do next with my life and make sure I have emergency funds to help back me up just in case this job doesn't work out. It was hard because you're trying to pay off what you owe. Also try to pay for school. Also trying to make sure you can have a little bit of fun. <laughs> and I had a lot of choices to make and a lot of setbacks because of that. And people around me that did have the resources and the help and the support, some of them didn't really understand, but they admired me. And that's what motivated me was the admiration of, wow, Jen, you're really doing this on your own. You're really making this work. Like, Pet yourself on the back, girl. You're going places. I would hear that all the time in grad school. And, of course, I would go home and cry. And <laughs> Oh, my God. Why are they saying this to me? I can't really, like, you know, because I didn't feel it. Um, but they saw it. And that was my motivation to keep going. So, with that, um, I have an announcement. Um, it's a Real Struggle podcast. And Jenny Boom will be moving to Los Angeles in two weeks. Um, this is a city I've been wanting to move to for the last 10 years, but never got around to it. I think back in 2007, when I was with my ex, we planned to move to LA, but, um, they went through bankruptcy and that scared me from going. So I just knew it wasn't my time to go there yet because I probably would have been sleeping in my car too. Um, so I'm just excited about this move. Um, it's happening soon and I'm nervous as fuck because this time I'm really moving to a city where I'm, I mean, I know of people that live out there, but I don't have anyone I could call and say, Hey, can I sleep on your couch for a day or two? I have to book an Airbnb to get started. <laughs> I have to hustle and try to get a job, um, which don't get me wrong. They've been calling, which is great. But still, there's a little part of me that's just scared as ever. The little me just scared, have to go on her own, be that latchkey kid <laughs> and do things on her own. But I'm super excited. Um, but this took a while because when I graduated from grad school this past December, I was again in depression. Um, I moved back to Palm Beach in my aunt's house. You know, I thank God for her for giving me a chance to do that. But when I moved back, I couldn't get a job right away I was living off of the little bit of money that I had from savings um from getting my last refund check um and I was living off of um my security deposit and my tax return now mind you I still had a car note and all of that I had credit cards I needed to pay 
there was stuff that still needed to get paid so I had to find a way to make that work for me but it did help out until then and I went on like 11 interviews and that really hit me like wow 11 interviews not even one offer something's wrong so I had to figure out what was going on why was this happening and I came across a couple books that really helped my mindset because I realized it was all in my head and we don't realize that we attract what we by what we say it comes so as much as I'm like excited about the trip to LA I have to be mindful of the negative emotions and what is being said to me that is not an uplifting or positive thing to allow that not to affect what I have planned for my life because it's all about me living my true life the way I want to live and where I want to be and the career that I want to have and just really launching things that's going to benefit me for the future. So there's a couple books I would recommend that have helped me thus far and it was in sequence. I did not do this on purpose. This happens solely on its own. I guess through divine guidance. <laughs> Let me stop being silly. Um, but one book I read was Mindset of Success. Um, that book is pretty much is just all about your mindset, set, um, how you think about things. Finding more of a positive way to think about things will help you with what you're trying to do, whether it's in relationships and career and your personal life, money, you name it. That book is pretty, I would call it a little tedious with the information, but it's good information. The author, um, she has some great stories to help understand the differences of how you think and what it does, whether it works or it doesn't work. So just finding your way of what works. That's mindset of success. The second one is The Secret. I know a lot of people heard about The Secret. Um, I can honestly say I, this is my second time in my lifetime reading this book. Both times I've cried because it's so true from word to word. You are the master of your life and what you feel and what you think can come to life. So how you feel about things, knowing that you have control, everything is beneficial. You're well, you're good. You can be wealthy. You can have good health. You can have great relationships, but it's all about how you look at life and how you feel and how you see things so I recommend everyone to read that book because it really helps motivate you to do what works for you um, and the last book <laughs> this book is very near and dear to my heart it's called the law of attraction um, it's the basic teachings of Abraham now when I read the title I thought they meant um, you know Abraham from the Bible no this is not a biblical book, okay? It's all about your spirit, your inner being, your higher being, which all of it is you because we're we're all spirits, but we're in physical form here on earth. But our spirits move on, they live forever. Whether it pass on to some another physical form that happens in this life or, you know, you're in the universe, help guiding, whatever. This book really open my eyes and I feel like reading this book yes the last page I did cry like a baby but every time I would read the book something happened the day before that related to the message that I was reading the day after and that helped guided me and not realizing these last three months of reading these books were preparing me for my journey that soon will be next chapter in Los Angeles and it's all working out best case scenario. Now I read my affirmations every day. I watch um, videos. Um, Leora Alexander on YouTube. She's amazing. I am officially a baby elephant. That just watching her videos and just really trying to find ways to keep myself on a more upbeat scale and connecting with my inner being. Whether it's through meditation. Now mind you, I don't meditate every day. But when I do, the connection is deep. And just learning that, okay, everything that I've been through in my life has gotten me where to where I am today. What I said I wanted to do has happened. Whether I think of it or not, it has happened. A couple things I could share to help you all when it comes to your life goals 
and what you want to achieve in your life is first go after your goals. Whatever it is that you want to do, please, please, please believe in them to say, you know what, this is what I want to do. What is my plan? Always have a plan. Your plan will help you get to where you want to go. You don't, you're not always going to have all your ducks in a row when it comes to your plan. But I can honestly say from my life experience, whatever I wanted to do, and my friends and family members can attest to this, is I would go do it. Whether I was 100% prepared or 35% prepared, okay, I was going to go do it. If I said I'm going to go ahead and take care of this payment, I was going to do it. If I say, you know what, I'm going to go to this country, I want to explore this country, I'm going to make it happen. Or, you know what, I want to get this new job, I want to do something more, I'm going to make it happen. I always had a plan on how I'm going to do it. And this plan to Los Angeles, I have a whole notebook. I wrote down everything that I need to do, my plan, what I want to do, the dates. I have a whole itinerary of the road trip. Like, this is some serious stuff. Um... You have a plan. That plan will work out. Also, eliminate the excuses. I don't know. If I sit here and I was to sit here and lay out all the excuses that I could possibly have for this journey that I'm about to embark in a couple weeks, I will not be where I am today. I probably wouldn't even have started this podcast because this had something to do with it as well. It's just have a plan. I mean, sorry, eliminate the excuse. Of course, have your plan. Sorry, I'm going back. <laughs> Let me slow down. <laughs> eliminate the excuses. They become setbacks. Those are bad. They're bad, 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 bad. Because the more I say, I don't want this, I don't want that, or I can't do this, I can't do that, guess what? It's going to come to fruition. Your words are powerful. powerful. Whatever you think and whatever you feel, It can happen. And I'm sharing this from the heart. Just eliminate the excuses. People are going to say, you got to have this, you got to have that. And whether they're genuine or not, you decide what you need to do. I'm not saying don't take their um, their things in consideration. But if you have your plan in place and you know what you want to do and what you're going to handle up until that time, it's going to work out. You know, but you're constantly going to be embarked with things that are going to try to persuade your mind to think otherwise. Ignore it. You know what your plan is. Don't worry about the excuses. And last, believe in it and you can achieve it. This shit is real. I I can't say anything else. That tells you everything. I I can't really put it in no other way or form. I believed in everything that I wanted to do. I wanted to get my bachelor's degree. I got my bachelor's degree. I wanted to get a good job. I got a good job. I wanted to get my master's degree. I got my master's degree. Now I want to move to LA. I'm moving to LA. That simple. I can't really (laughs) throw out anything else. I mean, this is what being self-made is all about for me. I really had to understand the things that I was going through. It really defined who I am today. And I have no regrets, zero regrets, because I've learned from all of those experiences. And now that I'm in my 30s, I'm going to live my best 30s and beyond. Like, that is my plan. So, my advice, go after it. Do what you have to do. If you're on your own and you're doing things on your own and your family's not helping you, no support, don't look at it as a bad thing. That could be part of your purpose in life, of your journey. Take it as a benefit. Say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it myself because no one is going to give you a hand in helping you do things. No one is going to give you the resources. You Sometimes you get them from a complete stranger. But there's no free bank giving you money. You have to go work for that. You have to go hustle for that. You know, legit, like legal though, okay? (laughs) Anyway, that's in my journal. Um, Share me your stories if you have any questions. Um, If you need any advice from just what I've been through, let me know what you think and share your feedback. I 
love to hear from you all and what you think about the podcast thus far, the stories I've shared with you. Um, I would love to connect with you. So definitely DM me. You can hit me up on Instagram at, at it's a real struggle podcast. Um, also, I'm on Twitter at real struggle pod. And you can also hit up my personal page on Instagram and at Miss Jenny Boom. That's M-I-S-S Jenny Boom. Um, also, I do have an email. You can hit me up and send me your questions if you don't want to do it through social media. It's it's Jenny Boom, I-T-S Jenny Boom at gmail.com. Again, that's it's Jenny Boom, I-T-S Jenny Boom at gmail.com. And this is another episode of It's a Real Struggle Podcast. I mean, I shared a lot today. <laughs> we achieved to one hour, people. Um, if I I was talking too fast, so I apologize. <laughs> I was letting it all out. I had so much information to give. At the same time, I was excited to share my story. As always, stay hydrated. Um, take care of yourself. New message. Believe in it and you can achieve it. Remember that is real, is not a joke. And till next time, y'all. Peace.